Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. And we're a go, Evan. We are a go for, is this double digits? This is double digits. This is double digits. Podcast number Podcast 10, number baby. 10. Here, you know what? Let's... Cheers. Cheers. Should we just introduce the beer Let, right Why now? not? <laughs> Let's change it up. Okay, so this is uh, Bomber, Bomber Brewery, and this is their seasonal weed ale. So you wouldn't be able to get it unless uh, it was winter at Bomber, but it's a nice light 5%. It's yeah. an easy drink. Has a has a mellow hoppiness to it. Mellow hoppiness, yeah. Nice, dry, crisp finish. Yeah. That's a winner for me. I like it. Yeah. So bomber, bomber wins. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, mm. beyond the beer, beyond the beer, we're we're gonna talk about dealing with the haters. Dealing with the haters, yes. Taking criticism, where it all comes from, what to do with it. Um, you know, there's this interesting thing we talk about in one of the screenwriting courses I do, and I talk about critical feedback and. Um, Oh, what's the other word? No, I'm blanking now. Uh, constructive. Constructive feedback or crit- critical feedback. And uh, what I always tell all my clients is I always say, don't get any, don't open the door to any critical feedback in the creation, in the initial creation process. Write the first draft and then you can open yourself up to critical feedback. But until you're done that first draft, keep it constructive. And the thing is, is I learned this lesson the hard way because I remember I wrote a script. I wrote... 30 pages or so. I was really excited about it. Really different type of film. It had an anti-hero character and he had a like anti-social person, personality disorder. So he's like basically a sociopath, right? But what's really interesting about him was he's very charismatic and he had a lot of really cool qualities, but he didn't really have like that empathy for other people. But this guy was trying to deal with that. He knew he had a problem. He was trying to deal with it. Anyway, I showed this to one of the people I looked up to and they tore a strip out of it. They were just like, what is this for shock value? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> they didn't get it. It discouraged me so much that I, I put the film, I put it down. And, and get this, this is the crazy part. I one day picked it back up, like, because I, I, I just got rocked. Like, I almost didn't even write the script. I wrote it. I, one day I sat down and I just wrote it. Like, I don't know, I guess I got my courage back up. And I shelved it. I never looked at it again. I found it 10 years later. And it, yeah, it was called Predator and Prey. I wrote this script 10 years ago. It was one of my first features. And I never looked at it again because the feedback was so critical of my, that I never wanted to show anybody. I actually blocked it from my memory that I wrote a feature. Like, it's kind of crazy. Like, I, I forgot I even wrote it. And then when I found it in my files, I was like, oh yeah, I wrote this story. It was, you know... So and did you revisit it? Did you uh, did you actually like rewrite it or ta- like read it through again? Well, I haven't rewritten it yet, but I did look through it, and it is actually pretty good. And I think that it was actually quite ahead of its time. And the thing is, is I think what I just needed was uh, if I, would, I either show no one or only get constructive feedback, because basically, like I just wrote it off as I'll finish it. It doesn't work. And I'll, and whatever is a learning experience. Yeah. And I wrote, I reread it and it's like, yeah, it works great. It is actually a really cool movie. And you know what? There's probably some movies now in the last 10 years that are comparable 
some things that have been made like that. And it's like, I wrote that 10 years ago. So the thing is you might be ahead of the curve and then someone else doesn't get it and they give you critical feedback and they tear it apart because they don't understand it and you stop doing your thing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, let me ask you this. Have you ever asked this person to look at another one of your scripts or anything else that you've done? Hmm. Well, I don't remember. I, I don't remember ever, ever doing that, but I, I, I still am connected with this person. We still talk. I think that I don't think they meant to do anything. I don't think they meant to do any harm. In fact, I know that, um, at the current time they had, someone else had written a script and sent it to them. And this script was very perverse. It was like, uh, which I actually, I think I ended up reading a bit of it. It was, it was like very perverse. It was not like, and I think that this person was very upset about the shock value of that one. And so part of the feedback they gave me was, I think they were still feeling something from that particular script. Cause I know that that had happened during the time. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, but my point of the matter is, is that I think if you're going to share anything with anyone, just tell them, listen, I only want constructive, positive feedback. I'm still in the creation period. If you have anything critical, just note it and, yeah. and, and you can show me when I'm done. But like, I think that critical feedback, I'm totally open to once I have the draft done. But before the draft's done, it can, like, I found that it can just kill your creative process. Like, uh, you know, there's lots of scripts yeah. where you might not even finish them, you know? Yeah, I know, yeah, and I think that's an important point. I mean, yeah, definitely make sure you get, you get this whole thing, like a start to finish completed mm-hmm. because yeah you don't need you don't need that voice you don't need that doubt going on I, I mean you deal with it enough as it is yeah putting together you know a first draft you know that's part of that's kind of part of the creative struggle that you know I think we've discussed ultimately makes it better yeah but that's just like that's like an external almost that you just you don't need you don't need that you don't need to fuel you don't need to fuel that fire that's already kind of going on inside of you. Yeah, you're already um, judging yourself enough through the process. Yeah, you know, like. but even when you're all done and like you've you've got a first draft or maybe you've you've done a second draft. I know myself, I like to have done a second draft before I I start to show it to people. Same here. You know, because yeah. it's like, you know, you finish that first one and then with the idea that it's like, no, I'm going to I'm going to figure out a bunch of the things that are wrong with this after I've gone through it myself, I'm going to see some of those and I want to at least have a chance to like take my crack at it first Yeah. because it can all, it can be one of those almost like spinning people's wheels then too. Like if you give them a first draft and they start giving you feedback and you go, Oh yeah, I already, I know, I know I've already yeah. you know gone and looked at that. So they're like, Oh, okay. Then their, their feedback's kind of pointless. I mean, yeah. you want the feedback you have a term for it, which is the blind spots. Mm. You know, it's like the things that you are actually unaware of in your own, in your own work that, you know, and then it's up to you to decide whether those things are actually, um, are actually things that you do need to improve on or could improve on, or if it's actually something that's like, because sometimes those things are actually just a part of your voice and they're just things that people don't, quite get in your voice, you know, but some people will. Yeah, totally. Uh, But it's, it's, um, it's always very, it's a very vulnerable thing to put your work out specifically for criticism or for constructive 
feedback. And I think it's good to have a few people that you really trust to, yeah. to look at your work because, you know, if you hand, hand off whatever it is you do, whether that is a script or whether that's a performance, whether that's a novel painting or piece of music, right? Like it's, you don't like I, if you give your material to somebody who doesn't really know the difference between critical and constructive, you know, criticism, or if they might be like, there's an expression that uh, Julia Cameron uses in, uh, in her book, the artist's way, she's like blocked creatives. Hmm. And those are people that you definitely don't want to give your work to. No, absolutely not. You know, it's like, if there's, like, you know, they always say it's like, never give another writer, <laughs> you know, <laughs> your, your stuff because they're going to hate it no matter what. But I would say that it's a little more complicated that don't give it to a writer who's not currently working on something themselves, mm -hmm. you know, or don't current, like, don't give it to some, to somebody who isn't actually doing what, doing their craft. Yeah. I think that's like, for me, something that I'm very aware of. Like if I hand a script off to somebody who, or at least if I don't necessarily, there are certain people who I trust with their feedback because I, I know that they understand how to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. But otherwise if people don't like, if nobody's putting their own stuff out there, they're not, they're not, they don't have the courage to, to put themselves in someone else's hands and yeah. to know what that feels like, then they really, in some ways, they don't really have any business telling you yeah. what's wrong with your script. Well, exactly. And they don't have the compassion because I mean, the thing is, is, you know, when you've had your stuff torn apart and you, you realize how that feels, then you have a certain amount of compassion for when you share advice. And it's not that you wouldn't share the same thing, but you share it in a more tactful way or you'll, you know, or whatever. But you know, one thing that I, I've realized too, is I think for really new writers, find someone who has a lot of experience and tell them the type of feedback that you want. And, and I think that, you know, if, if for example, I was in an early creative stage and I, and for whatever reason was getting feedback, I would say, listen, okay, give me feedback, but just tell me what's working about it. You know what I mean? Like if something isn't working or, you know, you're like, I don't, I don't, or if you don't feel like anything's working, just say, okay, I don't really have any notes yet. That's fine. Because the thing is, is what I don't need is I don't need like, this isn't working. That isn't working. This isn't working. Cause now like basically I'm not going to have any legs to stand on. I'm just going to be like, okay, well nothing's working. Like I don't even know where to go. I think, you know, most of the screenplays, I'll write them pretty quick because I find I got one, I get one thing and I feel like it's working. And if I have that one thing, it gives me enough to kind of like light the way through the story. You know yeah. what I mean? But if someone extinguishes that flame, you know, what do you got? You can't see, you know, you're like, you're just almost lost. Right. And yeah. And who knows? Like the other thing too, is that flame or that inspiration that you had might be something that's special and they don't understand it. Right. I mean, you know, there's so many, and think about, for example, uh, the original Rocky, right? You know how many people yeah. told Sylvester Stallone that that movie was a piece of crap? If they would have said that before he was completed, that would have been really difficult. At least he had it completed so he could go, okay, I have something and I can refine it and I can make it better. But the thing is, is like, you know, um, 
I think when you're in that creation process, you know, if you haven't finished and especially, you know, the earlier you on in it, the easier it is to just kind of abandon it. And if you don't know how it's going to end and then someone gives you almost that critical feedback and they're very negative, you know, and, and you're just like, oh, this is too hard anyway, I'm going to write it off. And I think, you know, I've seen a lot of writers do that where they just kind of abandon their script, you know what I mean? And, and you know, there's a saying in screenwriting, a, a partly done script is worth zero. Yeah. Know, at least a fully script done, no matter how crappy it is, it's still worth something because it's done. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's worth more than a script that isn't complete. Absolutely, even if, even because it's, yeah. it's an accomplishment yeah. to get it done, yeah. you know, to see it through. Um, yeah, because it's like, it, it, because it says something, it, it kind of says something about who you are. Yeah. You know, as opposed to like, you know, there's a lot of people who have a bunch of half finished scripts. I'm sure it's like, he's like, Oh, I started this and, uh, and I kind of bailed on it. And it's like, well, see it through, see it through to the end. Cause you don't like, we've talked about before. You don't know what it's going to be until it's done. Yeah. Like you don't really know what your, what your story is going to be about until you've reached the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, eventually you're going to be done and eventually you're going to show your script around and eventually maybe it'll be made into a movie or a play or whatever. And I think that, you know, you're, you're going to get lots of feedback then, you know, and it might be great and people are still going to hate it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, you don't know. So I think the other thing too about feedback is if you're ever doing it for someone else's approval, you're really in trouble. You know, I think that you, you really got to make it about the art, you know, it doesn't matter if they like it or don't like it or whatever. But, um, one thing that I can give people advice on, I think around that topic is, you know, not everybody's a trained writer, you know, a trained storyteller, whatever. So what I do is I'll usually, if I get someone to read a script, I'll just ask them for one or two or three things of it, three things about it. Did you like my main character? Was the antagonist interesting? And did you feel like there was change over the course of the story? And if they can answer those three things, then great. I got everything I needed from them. But I, I frame their mind on what to look for because people will bring back all sorts of things. So I think in a certain way, you could just frame what you want them to look for, right? Because, you know, I think what I've realized too is after I write a script, most usually at this point, because I've written so many now, usually I know what's working, but there's things where I'm like, okay, is this working or is this doing what I want to do? And those are the things where I want feedback on. You know, I don't need to hear, if I know the dialogue's good, I don't need to hear the dialogue's good. You know what I mean? I don't need that approval from someone. I know it's good. But what I might need, <laughs> what I might need, and I think that's just experience. You, yeah. know, you get to a certain point where you know, right? But there's, uh, for example, did it make you feel anything? Did you, did you have an emotional experience at any point whatsoever? And which points were those and why? And if that's what they can tell me, then I can see if I'm having an emotional impact. And then I can just, you know, raise the bar emotionally. And that can be what my whole next draft is about. Yeah. 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 Or just like, did you have any confusion you sure. know, about, you know, anything that was going on was there something you didn't understand. I think that's, that's, that's really great, you know, to, to ask for specific things that way it keeps you, you, in a way you orchestrate the criticism to be constructive. Yeah. 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 Cause I that's mean, that's a really great, that's a really great idea. Yeah. And you know, I think also like, you know, validate the source before you, before you look to them for advice. You know what I mean? Like, For example, you know, when I was younger, I used to really like, I really looked up to my dad. Anything that he said, you know, was really important to me. And I remember I showed him a poem once and he's not really much of a, he actually maybe reads a little more now, but he didn't at the time. And 
And I just remember him not liking it. And I just was like, oh my God, this, this sucks. You know what yeah. I mean? But the thing is, is like, I put so much weight on his opinion that, you know, like, and, and that was a fault of my own. You know what I mean? And I think that we have people in our life like that. You know, maybe you have a boyfriend, husband, girlfriend, wife, you know, brother, sister, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa just listing them <laughs> i'm trying to yeah cover no them people all. like your Agent. circle your circle <laughs> yeah your friends whatever like you you have a a circle of people who you know you you trust or who who have meaning to you and and sometimes their their feedback can can be sort of the most potent to you yeah um because of what you put on and i think that this is this brings up another uh sort of interesting, it's a little bit more of a, I don't know, kind of a, a heady kind of examination of the topic of criticism and, and criticism of, you know, art and criticism of, you know, creative endeavors and, and this and that. Um, but how much of, of that is, is actually what we've put, put onto it and how much of it is the people who are giving us the criticism, how much of, of it is them, you know, projecting, projecting some of their own things. I mean, this is important. I think it's an, actually an important thing to be aware of, mm. um, you know, because there's, you know, I know, and, and, you know, for myself, I've experienced it and, you know, I've had in other relationships, people, you know, friends and, and, and loved ones who have, um, receive criticism that, you know, when you look at it, you're like, Oh wow. That almost seemed that almost like angry. It mm -hmm. almost seemed malicious. Yeah. You know, like, like someone was actually just trying to tear you down because that will happen. Mm -hmm. You know, that will happen. And in fact, I'm sure everyone's been guilty of actually doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if I've ever actually done that to somebody's face before. You know? <laughs> Always behind their back. Always behind their back, you know. Um, <laughs> no, no, but like, <laughs> but you know, if you're, if you receive, if you're receiving criticism that really just like, you know, comes from a, from a place that, that you feel is coming from like where they're really just trying to tear you down understanding what that's really all about, mm -hmm. you know, from both, from both sides, from your side and from their side. I mean, from, so from what you were saying, you know, a lot of times the, when we receive criticism, we take it hard. It's because we've placed so much importance on what that person thinks. Mm. Right. And that's, that's actually our own doing. That's our own choice. Yeah, we decided to make what they said important. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's not necessary. That's, and then in that case, that's not really any fault of their own. No. You know, so if you're taking it hard, maybe they were actually being constructive and, you know, you just really wanted them to love it. Yeah. And they didn't. And now you're going to beat yourself up about it. And it's like, well, that's, has actually more to do with you. Yes. Than it has to do with them. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, I think, um, people, people who matter more to you could say the same thing as someone who doesn't matter. Their opinion doesn't matter as much to you. They could say the exact same thing and you'll have a different experience of it because you made that person who said it, who means something mean so much more. And I think that, you know, I think 
one thing that as an artist is good to be aware of is that you decide where to put value. You decide whose opinion is important and whose isn't. And, you know, like, um, you know, for example, like just, I, I remember encountering people who were like, Oh, you'll never make it in the film industry, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, let's, let's look at a few of the factors here. Are you, are they in the film industry? Do they know anyone who's in the film industry? Do they have any experience with the film industry? How, how are they living their life? Did they live their life by going after their dream or did they give up on their dream or are they living it very safe? You know, or what, what's their vested interest in me? Why do they want me to do it their way? You know what I mean? And there's all these factors to consider before you take in the information. You know what I mean? It's almost like that would be like, you know, you go to the doctor to get diagnosed and he turns out, he's like, Oh, I'm not the doctor. I'm actually the janitor, but take this prescription. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh, you're the janitor. You have nothing. You don't know anything about this, right? Are you still going to take that prescription? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that sometimes we don't, we, we get the feedback, but we don't always consider where is it really coming from? You know? Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, an important thing to do is no matter who, who is giving you criticism, is that I think you just need to make all of it objective. You need to treat it, you need to treat it objectively, not just them. Like, mm-hmm. because they're, the people who are, who are, you know, critiquing your work aren't always necessarily going to be objective, mm-hmm. but you can always stay objective on everything. So that way it doesn't matter if it's somebody who, you know, is an industry veteran you know, who you maybe don't know that well, but has, you know, decided to take a look at your work, or if it's somebody who you know very well, you know, and, and is somebody that you might put a lot of weight on, always keep it objective, you know, always remember that this is the opinion of one person. And that doesn't mean, you know, to be a dick about it, you know, like to just be like, oh, well, you don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) You know, like you're just, you're just one person. But for yourself, just know, like, stay objective about it. Like, this is, like, even though this might be somebody who you, who you value very much in your own life, like, always just stay objective about it. Listen to what they're saying and weigh it, you know, judge it, like, like for yourself, you know, try it on and see, it's like, okay, is there something there or not? That's the, that is where your ultimate power is with criticism is that you still get to choose what to listen to and what not to. And therefore, you get to determine, you get to determine how, how you take it. Yeah. I think also, you know, one thing is never be scared to ask the question, why? You know, if someone gives you feedback, like, you know, oh, the dialogue sucks. Why? Why does it suck? You know, get, get, get more information from them. And you know what, if, and before you take their opinion as like dialogue sucks, don't just go, okay, my dialogue sucks. Get some other people to read it, but get some other people to look at the dialogue specifically and go, you know, um, what do you think of the dialogue? You know, what, what's your thoughts on it? And if people keep saying the dialogue sucks and, you know, keep getting their why, start figuring out if the whys are consistent, you're going to learn something really valuable. You know what I mean? And it's, and you know, if you don't write great dialogue, it doesn't mean anything about you as a person. It means that you just don't know how to write dialogue really well yet because maybe you don't understand subtext too well. Or maybe you just don't understand the, the timing of how to get your jokes right so that they're working. But you know what? When you do, you're going to get all the rewards. So I think like, but you know, I think it's very easy to 
to take something very personally and be like, oh, well, I, that means I suck. Like, no, I mean, you didn't know how to ride a bike until you knew how to ride a bike, you know? Yeah. So you sucked at riding a bike until you rode it. Like, but we don't tell a little kid, you suck at riding a bike. Yeah. <laughs> like, before they're <laughs> learning, like, if they're on training wheels, we don't, we don't walk up to the kid and be like, you suck at riding a bike. Like, you don't do that. You're yeah. like, the kid's learning. He's got training wheels, or she's got training wheels, and eventually she's going to get it dialogue story structure anything acting whatever it doesn't matter you name it we're all you know we all have to have the training wheels at some point but once we get it we get it you know and then it's just about how much do you want to improve upon getting it you know yeah yeah everything's difficult until it becomes easy right um yeah no absolutely and, and i mean the thing is is it's and it's awareness you know mm. like that's the thing like i think that that what you're saying is that being aware you know it if you're not aware of what's going on, you know, if you're right, if there's something that's not working, then you're always going to be blind to it and you're always going to continue to do it. And by shining the light on it, that's the first, like they always say, awareness is the first step, mm -hmm. right? It really is. Like once you become aware of something that perhaps that you are falling into a trap of doing, you can correct it. It's not, it's not a judgment on who you are and how talented and how able that you are it's simply a human thing mm -hmm. you know we are unaware of so many things like everybody you know not just you everybody is so unaware of so many different things so the awareness is actually a very very good thing for you it's not it has nothing to do with your worth as an artist no whatsoever and you know it's it's if you, you know, if you want to say, and, and people are, people are intrinsically valuable in my opinion, but you want to build what your worth and your value, it's what you do with the awareness, right? Like I always think of it in, in stages. So, you know, at first I'm ignorant and then I become aware. And once I'm aware, still nothing has happened except that I'm aware. I have to actually do something with the awareness. And I think a lot of the times people will get the awareness and they'll go and do something negative. You know, they'll go and they'll drink or they'll throw away their script or they'll be like, don't go do that. Get the awareness and then go do something with it. Or, you know, even if you take this awareness and you go, you know what? Actually, I don't agree with that. Um, I'm aware that they see it that way or I'm aware that it could be seen that way, but I don't agree with it and then continue on doing what you're doing. Whatever you do, don't use awareness as an excuse to be destructive. You know, because I think that, um, you know, first, like you become aware, you're ignorant, you become aware, and then you do something about it. And if you do that thing over and over enough, you will just, re you'll just do it that way. You'll realize it. You'll become that, you know? Yeah. And so I think like, um, you know, it could be anything, right? Like if you continually write stories, like I remember I read, uh, you know, this one, this one young writer, um, I was a lot younger too, but I remember he was trying to write a script with a, with a bad guy, you know, and this character was so unlikable. So, you know, just did such cruel things and mean things to people with really no redeeming qualities and no, like, there's nothing really positive about him. He didn't have charisma or anything really good. It's just, and, and the thing is with the story, it didn't matter how much they wrote it. It was just, you didn't want to follow this character because it was so despicable. You didn't like him. And it wasn't even despicable to the point where they were interesting. They just, it's just like, and, and, and when you create that much dislike in a character from an audience, 
all we want to see at that point is really bad things happen to that person. I mean, it's kind of, you know what I mean? But if they did that, in a sense, we might actually enjoy the movie, but because he keeps winning, like, how would you like it? And just think about it this way. How would you like it if someone was a real jerk? You know, they came around, they kicked your dog, they, they slapped your children in the face, they like stole stuff from you, you know, and they got away with it and, and they could just get away with it. And, and in fact, they didn't just get away with it. They benefited and they won and they got all the friends and everything. And they did that. Like, how, how would you feel, you know? And, and especially if you wouldn't do that, like, you're going to be like, this person is the worst person in the world. You know what I mean? And so either we have a fantasy that we could get away with that, or we just don't like the person. I think most people won't like him. And so then, you know, that's the audience is going to respond to your movie that way. Yeah. You know? I was just going it's, on to this point, because if you keep writing your characters that way, you might be really great writer and nothing works because of that one little thing. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's funny as you're, talking about that I was, I was just trying to like relate I'm like well who knows maybe that could be interesting a really despicable kind of a character but there has to be some, but there has to be something redeeming there has to be something human about them that allows us to connect to them and then I just it, I suddenly thought of bad Santa you yeah. know as uh, you know that's a great example of a really kind of a despicable person but there was something at the end of the day it's like oh but he was ultimately like he was a good guy you know what I think it was and, and that's a great example is that there is a certain kind of humor to him where we all secretly, or, or not all of us, but there's, a, there's enough, of a, enough people out there who secretly kind of feel that way. And he got to voice something that we don't get to talk about, yeah. which was part of what worked. And the other thing, too, is he, he was a jerk, but there was something, I guess... There's something about him that made him likable. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, and he also didn't really get away with everything. No. Like, it was... He, he always paid a... Pro like, even though he got his wins every now and then, he wasn't a great person, he was getting his wins, he was still, for the most part, you're like, ah, but he's paying for it. I yeah. mean, you know, he was an alcoholic, and he was just, like, he was so miserable. You know, like, even so, like, he made you laugh, but you felt sorry for him, because it was just like, ah, you're so miserable. Like, you're just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and you're really not that bad of a guy no and i mean you know i always think of like you know uh characters either need to be either likable or interesting or both and if you can do both then it's even better but if you know you could take all sorts of characters that are anti-heroes and whatever and they're really despicable people if you were to break it all down but there's something about them there's things that they do in the stories that win you over and, and my, my point is is that if you're getting criticism that people don't like your character and they're not enjoying your story and you're getting those two then you you're you know your character might need to change a little or you might need to see like how do I get them on board with this person because then you know and I think what can happen is one little thing like that kind of can pollute the whole story right and then all of a sudden you're trying to correct things that are effects of that as opposed to what's the real cause and I always think the cause always comes right back down always to who's your main character. You're, you're, that's almost, that's what causes everything. And you think about your own life, you cause everything. You cause, you're, you're the person who's there in every situation you're in. So, you know, you're, you're causing that. You're a part of it, right? If you weren't there, it wouldn't happen to a certain degree or you wouldn't experience it. So, yeah. um, I think as an audience member, we follow that main character. And so, if people aren't liking your story, that's the first place I would look. And then... And then move outward. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, because people will give you all sorts of weird feedback because they don't understand where the real issue is. They're yeah. Just, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and again, just stay, stay objective about it. Like always, like don't never take, people say like, don't take it personally. Like, and you really shouldn't like, don't take anything that you receive as like, as like a personal assault on you, unless somebody is actually making it personal about you, which in even that, then, I don't no, think no, no, even then you shouldn't because, but for a different reason. And, mm-hmm. and I guess this is kind of comes back on if you do receive that kind of criticism from somebody who's just like, well, I don't know why you're doing this because blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, when people take that tone with you, you got an idea of like that this criticism is not constructive. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But they're getting emotionally they're, upset about They're yeah. getting emotionally. And in that, and when that happens, it's so easy to take it personally Mm -hmm. because they are trying to make it personal. But the thing to be, I think to be aware of is in that situation. And, and this is not just some sort of bullshit sentiment that has been said and echoed a hundred times because, but it's, it's true. It has more to do. It has everything to do with them and it has absolutely nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. If nobody, if somebody is not giving you, actually constructive feedback for you and they're basically just attacking this sort of work that you have done it has far more to do with that person than it does with you yeah and it's important uh, that it is i think it's important that you are aware of this i think you know i think also um and that's something I want to talk about now that we've kind of discussed a lot of criticism stuff. I'm going to talk a little bit about the haters. You know, the people who go out of their way, you know, to, you know, especially online, you know, to tear apart someone who did their web series or did something or whatever. And, um, you know, and we can talk a little bit about that and how to deal with that and what what's all that about. And, and you know, and I think... Um, I think when you, when you've never, if you've never had the experience of someone like, you know, just belittling your work or belittling you or making like ad hominem, you know, personal attacks about you as a person, even though they haven't met you. Um, let me give you an example. You know, when I was producing that television show, uh, soda soldiers of the apocalypse, I remember someone said to me later, they said, you know, I thought you were the most egotistical you know, jerk or whatever. And I had never met you, but I just, I thought you were this. And they said, you know, I'm really embarrassed to to share that with you right now because I basically made all these opinions about you just in the fact that you were doing, you were making your career, you were going out there and doing it and you were the kind of the head of it and leading everyone. And to me, I just assumed that you must've been this arrogant, egotistical jerk. And now I've met you and you're not like that. And, And, you know, and I was like, wow. I was like, well, thanks a lot for being courageous enough to share yeah, that. Yeah, no kidding. But I thought that, you know, I was such a gift because it helped me also see like, yeah, like sometimes people are going to make opinions of you that, y- you know, you've never even met them. <laughs> they just are watching you because you're in the public eye and they decide, you know, that must be this person. And and I'm not saying everybody does that, but that can happen. You know, I mean, that's just one of probably the many ways in which this could occur. Oh, yeah. But just goes to show how... It's not really about you. Like that was about them. Cause in, in truth, that was probably like for them to do what I was doing, they probably would have ha- they probably would have seen themselves that way. They would have seen themselves as being egotistical and whatever. And that's probably yeah. why they didn't. Cause it was holding them back. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I, it's people's 
um, perceptions right. and it's people's projections mm-hmm. of things, you know, like, like you said, like they had no idea. They actually had no real basis for why they thought this of you. They just decided to make these things around you that they knew. They decided to make that something about you. But the thing is that somebody else might have looked at, like, from the same position, you know, not having ever met you or worked with you or whatever, and and been like, oh, wow, this guy wrote and produced, like, man, I really want to meet this guy. He sounds incredible. And then been sorely disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, Evan? That probably happened. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, that's true. It goes both ways. I mean, you know... Uh, I've definitely had situations too doing that where people looked at me like I was way more successful or had done way more than I had thought I had done. And, uh, you know, I think, um, I think at the end of the day, the whole thing is to remember that if you put yourself out there, anything you do, you know, people projectively imagine themselves doing the same thing you're doing. And they put their own fears on it. And their feedback is a lot to do with how they feel about doing it themselves. And sometimes it's not their fears. Sometimes it's their dream and their aspiration. And they, Like I think, you know, when you look at your favorite actor, favorite filmmaker, favorite writer, favorite whoever, athlete, and you look at them and you love them, what, they're, what you're projecting into them is, wow, like what if I did that? Like that shows me I could dream. That shows me what's possible. That amazes me. Whereas when you look at someone else and you don't like them, like, think about it. You're projecting something inside of yourself about, like, if I did that, this is how, you know, this is how I would think of myself. And so for them, I'm going to put it on them. But you don't even know. Like, they, they, nothing like that might be going on for them. But, yeah, people have all sorts of weird things going on in their own world. And here's a funny thing. You know, I was talking with this with someone the other day. And um, we were just talking about how, like, you know, I used to think that everybody was walking around thinking about me. And then I realized that I'm the one walking around thinking about me all the time. And that everyone else is walking around thinking about themselves, not me. Like, they only care about me or anyone else when it has to do with them. They're only thinking about them. And I think if we, if we realize this, most people are walking around, they're thinking about themselves. So even if they say something about you, they're not saying it because they're thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves saying it about you. So just consider that. Like, even though they think in the moment, and you might even think, when I say something negative about this person, that I'm actually saying it about them, but really what you're saying is you're you're actually spitting out your own internal poison that's inside you. You carry that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't have to take that on. That's not mine. That's your world, right? And and I I think it's it's really important that you know, there's like, because there's so many critics, everybody, everybody's a critic, sure. as I say, everybody's a critic. And, you know, I'm not saying that people like we all need to live in some kind of a utopia where we all just, you know, get along and just say everything's amazing. I don't think that helps us either. No. Um, but you know, like for us, like when we talk about a film or a, or a show or, you know, a script or, or, you know, we should, we haven't even ever really talked about music. We should try getting into music sometime. Sure. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's it's important to realize how. I almost feel like when criticism, 
should be treated as something sacred. Mm. And it's now just treated as something that's like a commodity, you mm. know, like everybody just shares something. It's like, but it's truly something that you need to be thoughtful about, you know, because if you're just tearing somebody down and we always try not to tear anything down when we talk about stuff on, on this show, you know, we always try and keep things constructive in saying it's like, you know, even if subjectively we didn't care for something, yeah, you know, it's still, it's still something that was created, you know, that, that somebody created out of nothing, mm-hmm. you know, and brought people together and they've done or whatever it was and they did this thing. Yeah, they created something. Right? So it's like, it's, it, it needs to be handled with care. I think so. And I also think that, you know, when you have the mic, you know, which we currently do in this scenario here, because if anyone else is listening to this, aside from us, (laughs) well, anyway, regardless, we have the mic, there's a lot of power in that, you know, and so if you're, you know, whether you're online, you're on Facebook, you want to make a post, you want to, even if you have the mic, when you're just talking to a friend, you have the mic, you have, you know, and so people are listening. And, you know, what do you want to be broadcasting in the world? You know, and I think that um, you just want to be really mindful about your criticism and make sure it comes from a place of care as a place of fear, you know, because if it, you know, if you say something isn't working and maybe it isn't working, but you do it from a place of care, it's really good because like, that's like saying, you know, Brandon, you know, you didn't really eat that well this week, which is negative criticism, but it comes from a place of care. It's like, you know, you want to have a healthy body. You want to, you want to look good. You want to be ready for these roles and stuff that you're about to be doing here. You know, whatever. And it comes from this place of care as opposed to, you ate crap all week. What are you doing, you idiot? You slept in. You didn't go to the gym this week. Like, and I said it that way. Like, that's my relationship with myself. So just like, if I'm kind with myself, I can be kind with other people. And I think we, you know, as we're kind with other people, we're kinder to ourselves. And I think what you said about, you know, it's not that we need to say, oh, everything's perfect. Everything's so good. Because it isn't. But we need to do it from a place of care. And I think that critical feedback, when I, when I say critical feedback, I think of that as it's usually not from a place of care. That's the problem. Yeah. Although I find that I can take critical feedback. I actually, I can probably take it a little better now. I'm more experienced, but I can take it a lot better when it comes from a place of care. Like if someone's like, you know, this really isn't working right here, blah, blah, blah. This character is kind of superficial. And, that, and then usually the person, if they care, a lot of the time they'll go, you could try this, this, or whatever. You know, like, remember we did the table read for the Burning Blues? Yeah. I felt everybody really cared. They really cared about all the characters and they wanted to enhance them. You know what I mean? And people kind of gave options as to like, well, this character, because there's that one, you know, Sam was coming off a little bit superficial, right? Right. The wife. And so people were like, yeah, we could try this or you could try that. Or, you know, this was why we were getting that. And even though they were saying something that wasn't working, they were only looking for options. They weren't looking to tear it down. Yeah. And for me, then that's not really necessarily critical. I mean, this might just be a difference of wording, right? Like, to me, that's constructive. Okay. Yeah. That's constructive. You know, like that's people who are, who are working with you. They want to help, you know, they're, they're actually looking to help. Right. You know, they're offering something right. trying to say, it's like, I don't know, here's an idea of what you might want to do. You know, it's like, it's trying to, yeah, it's trying to help you hash it's something out to add to it. as opposed to just being like, you know, 
that character was shit. I hated the way that they were written. Yeah, that's just destructive. Like, yeah, yeah that's sh- what I think when I think of Critical too. And uh, I'm glad you clarified that because when I think of Critical, I think of something that only destroys. Yeah, it's just something that tears down. And yeah. I guess what I'm saying is don't be a person who just tears things down. No. Like, just don't do that. Please. <laughs> Please. Like, be constructive. Be well, constructive. I mean, think about the, the whole... This is artistic integrity, creative integrity, right? We're talking about creating. We're not talking about destroying. And critical feedback is literally destroying. Do you want to be a destroyer in the world or do you want to be a creator in the world? Yeah. And, and a creator might say, well this thing is not working so well, but let's make it better. That's a creator, yeah. right? A destroyer is this thing isn't working and I don't like it, period. That's yeah. it. You know what I mean? I'd, uh, I'd heard this, uh, this story about uh, the director, Mike Nichols. Okay. And uh, apparently when he, uh, if he ever like is just like has his TV on, he flips past one of like his old movies and one of his, his, not as great films. <laughs> one of the ones that he would say like, ah, oh, yeah, no, it wasn't, wasn't one of my best. Right. He will watch the, he won't watch the ones that were huge, like successes and that people like really loved. He'll watch the ones that were failures, quote, okay. like quote unquote failures. Right. Sure. And he will watch the scenes and not, not be like upset about it he'll watch it from a perspective being like of a perspective of interest of being like, why didn't that, why didn't this scene work? What happened here? Like, Mm. like, what was it? Like, even like he's, and I think that that's, um, you know, and, uh, Steven Pressfield in the war of art, he talks about that in terms of like in his like going pro section, you know, it's like, you've got to, you've got to create a separation between yourself and your work. Mm. Like you actually have to do that. If you want to be a professional, right. You know, like, yes, it doesn't mean that you're not passionate about it and that you don't put everything you have into it, but you have to keep perspective on the whole thing. You know, like you can't like, so you have to have a degree of separation so that you're not just down in the gutter you know, when you're looking at something that maybe didn't quite work, you know, it's like, but rather looking at it from a a perspective of, of like, okay, what happened? How come this didn't work? You know, I tried something and, and, and it seemed like we were on the right path, but something didn't happen here. And like, let's just figure out what that was, right? Like it's, you know, we're humans. We're not perfect. We don't know everything. Mm -hmm. Even the masters, they don't know everything. They have, you know, you you still see all kinds of movies from like the greats or, or any piece of work, any author or painter. And it's just, it doesn't have the same impact or I guess commercial public, you know, impact that something else they, they had done had. Right. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, that's, and, and you know, they, most of them don't, again, they don't take it personally. Mm-hmm. They don't take it personally. They see what they, they know what they tried to do. Yeah. That's something that I've come across uh, a lot in terms of like reading biographies about a lot of, uh, of artists and, and storytellers and in all kinds of different mediums. They just go, it's like, Oh, okay. Like I, I know what I was trying to do and maybe it didn't hit that. Mm. It didn't, it didn't get there. 
not entirely sure why, but I'm interested in knowing why. Yeah. Because again, they're actively wanting to know maybe what something that you're unaware of. Well, you know, I think also when you push your when you push yourself out of your comfort zone of what you're used to doing, there's there's you know, you're gonna be learning new things. There's gonna be new things new things happening, right? So um you know, basically like whatever you're whatever you're used to, like for example, you know, if you, if you always play yourself in, uh, in acting or you always play one particular type of role, you're probably going to get pretty comfortable with that. You're going to kind of know how it works and, and whatnot, or you always write one genre of screenplay, you know, whatever it is. When you try writing something else, you're going to, you know, you're going to have that, you're going to have some, some challenges. Or if you're trying to write a script that maybe has never been done before, you're probably going to run into a few challenges because you're going to, you're going to experience the, the, the part of the unknown. And I think if you're not going into the unknown, you know, creativity and art becomes pretty boring after a while because it becomes a little bit more paint by numbers. And I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's not safe. And you know I think anything that you make, there's always room for some feedback to be, oh, this wasn't perfect, this didn't work exactly. But, you know, for example, I was watching Inception, right, the other night. Yeah. And I really liked that film, and I loved it when I first saw it. And I watched it again, and I, and I noticed a bunch of things about it that were kind of like, I was like, oh, actually, I didn't even realize that. It, was not, it wasn't as great, you know what I mean? Right. But that's a great movie, but, you know, it's not perfect. You know, and people, like... I think you can look at anything. You can look at the Oscar winner, the whatever, the biggest blockbuster. You can look at it and go, okay, well, there's things, there's always room, right? And the thing is, is, uh, I think we just work at, we get, we do the best we can. We get better and better and better. And a lot of the time, I think our best is a matter of how willing are we to try it? You know, you're talking about that, um, the war of art, right? Yeah. What's his name? Uh, Stephen Pressfield. Stephen Pressfield, right? He talks about being a professional or an amateur. And I remember that this is a chapter, but one thing I definitely believe is that a amateur does something once, but a professional does it over and over and over again. You know, and a professional can replicate some, they learn how to replicate certain results in certain areas. Yeah. Whereas an amateur, it's totally inconsistent in, in, in all areas always. You know, you never know what you're going to get. And I think about those independent filmmakers, they're like, I'm a filmmaker, you know what I mean? And it's like, and it's like, okay, but they, they, they don't know how to, they don't know how to replicate, they don't know how to replicate any, any positive result in a certain way. You know what I mean? They, it's all, it's all like, you know, when someone makes a film or writes a script or acts for themselves or paints a painting for themselves, you know what I mean? That's an amateur move. But if you can do it and, and create something else in your audience, that's where the professional comes in. That's where it becomes about more than just you, right? And I think uh, art in a bubble, you know, of course, you don't need feedback. You don't need criticism. It's not safe. There's nothing courageous about that. But art out there in the world, stuff that's meant for other people to see, watch, experience, listen to, whatever, touch, feel, that is taste, whatever. But that is where you start taking risks, and that's where the professionals live, right? So... I think what we're talking about in a lot of ways with this whole criticism, you know, it's, it's, it's all about, this is how you deal with the world as a professional. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and it's important to know. I mean, ideally, like we want, 
you know, I want anybody, if you, if you consider yourself to be, you know, a professional or if you consider yourself, maybe you, you consider yourself to just be an amateur, but you know, like these are certain things that, you know, like a, in a professional setting, you have to have a certain, certain perspective on, you know, in terms of, uh, uh what that means and, and how a professional takes criticism, knowing where that criticism is coming from, if it's constructive, if it's critical, you know, like it's, but it's an important part. It's, it's such an important part of what we do. Yeah. Well, you know, I always wonder how many people are scared to do something because they're worried no one's going to like it. I mean, you know, that's, I mean, that means you're putting too much weight on what other people think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you need to, like, you need to first have, have your own opinion about what you're doing Mm -hmm. and your own passion, your own motivation behind it. It, Like first and foremost, because I mean, you got to know what you're doing and why, why you're, you're doing this, why you're creating this work that you are right. Like it needs to come from you because if it's not coming from you, then yeah, like you're definitely not in a good place to receive criticism. You know, like if you're just writing something cause you're like, Oh, this, you know, seems to be like kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, what people do or like, and, and that's with anything. Like in, if you're writing a script and you just like, you write a, uh, a copycat kind of a thing, like yeah. on, on something else, like there's taking inspiration from something, but then there's just saying like, Oh, I don't know. Uh, these seem to, to be good. So I'll just write something like this and whatever. And then, I mean, how can, like, how can you possibly, then in some ways you can't take criticism on that either because it has no meaning to you. No. Uh, so you don't even know where you stand with it. Yeah. Um, if you're an, if you're an actor and you know, you've, you've basically set up like nothing but a bunch of moments within a scene where you're just like, okay, and here I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, come down on my knees and I'm going to put my face in my hands and you're, you know, you're going to do that. Well, then now you're just doing something contrived. Like you're, you're, you've just literally thought your whole way through this thing. And, and it's, and now that's just a bunch of contradictions as well. Yeah. You know, like, so you've got to, you've got to have your own meaning in it too, because other, because that's the only way that you can actually receive any criticism constructively because otherwise you don't really care. Yeah. No, totally. Like, why would you? And and then you'll just get blown over. You're just like, oh, well, people hated it. So screw it. I'm done. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is too, is, you know, we don't know what anybody else really wants. And I think that, you know, there's all these, there's all these like screenwriting teachers and actors that I've experienced where it's as if they've watched other people's performances or read other scripts and they break down how to create the effects that they created I like, like do these things cause they work, but it's like everything ultimately comes back from a cause, you know, like people didn't necessarily like that moment because of all these external things that happened. That's what the artist brought to it. But there was something underneath, there was an emotion, there was, there was a drive, there was an effect, there was a reason, there was a voice. And that's what you're, tr- that's what you're trying to do, but you can't, that's, that's like, I don't like to use that word can't, but it is not something you copy. That's something that comes from within you. And if you and I were given a script, 
you know, and they do this test in film schools sometimes, at least I know, but they'll give everybody the same script and then they'll say, go shoot this. And everybody will come back with a different movie. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. That's super and, interesting. Yeah. And the thing is, is that that proves that we all have a different vision and that's what's important. What, you yes. know, all this other stuff, you know, the way people are trying to like these teachers who are trying to break down, uh, an external idea. Yeah. And I mean, and the thing is like, it has a, it, there is a place for it, Yeah, but that isn't, that isn't the, it isn't the way to it necessarily, you know, like that's just an effect. Like I remember to share a personal story early in my, um, early in my, in my actor training, (laughs) I remember doing this one scene and actually had a teacher sit in on a rehearsal and this teacher says like, Oh, at the end, uh, you should, you should, you know, like go and you should do this. It would be really fucked up. Like that was actually like the words that came out and we're like, Oh, okay. So let's just do it. Yeah, totally. Right. It'd be, and then we did it. You know, we did this thing and it just didn't work at all. Mm -hmm. And the teacher of the class that we were actually in was just like, the hell was that? (laughs) You know? And, and he was right. Yeah. He was right because it came out of nothing. It was, we had, we had just acted out an effect because we're like, oh yeah, that would be really messed up, you know? Because maybe it was something that we had seen before. Or we'd be like, yeah, that like intellectually, we're like, yeah, that makes sense. But there was nothing behind it. Mm-hmm. There was absolutely we were just doing it because we thought it was interesting, right? Right, and and it didn't work. It just collapsed on itself. Not to say that that same thing wouldn't have, couldn't work. Yeah, but it would have had to have something in behind it. And I feel like you want to work with the behind, you know, like you don't, I don't think that you should try and create an effect. It, you can do it in terms of creating an effect and then going back and being like, okay, and, break it back down. and, and how can, all right, how can we make that make sense? That's an important skill to learn, especially if you're an actor. Yeah. Cause directors often give you results. Yeah. They're like, I want this to happen here. Yeah. Well, the important thing is you need to find out what's behind that. You really, and you really need to know what that means in order for that to happen. Because otherwise, man, that like, everyone's going to see that everyone's going to see it if it's not true. Well, I think, you know, that is, uh, that's, that's what professional actors are paid so much to do. You know, even professional writers, you know, uh, were paid to get the direction, get the result that they want. And our work is to be able to go back and figure out what would cause that type of behavior to ultimately happen from figuring and backing it up from some place of meaning for ourselves. Yeah. But if I just go and do the behavior without backing it up with the meaning, it becomes superficial. It becomes contrived. Yes. You know, it's the same with writing. I mean, like, and I, you know, there's a, there's some people out there who believe, and I've heard this before, that everything is feedback. Like it's all valuable feedback. Anything, anyone or anything the world gives back to you is valuable. And so I think that, you know, it's all about what you do with the feedback ultimately. And even if it's destructive, even if they're trying to be destructive at the end of the day, you can look at that and go, okay, well, if I was going to entertain this, I'm not going to just do it because they told me to do it. I'm going to do it because what would have to occur 
here for that to make sense for me to do that that would be my only option that that would be the best option I would choose yes yeah and and maybe you discover that there is something to it and you go oh okay yeah and maybe you feel like this will make it better and right. and you and you do it um but the thing is is that you also need to say it's like oh you know what this compromises something else if I were to do this direction this is going to compromise something that for me I've honest like I like this is something that like I have to hold on to mm-hmm. but until you've received that sort of feedback that criticism that challenges you you know like being challenged is so important because it lets you know where you stand yeah on things you can so that's where I feel it's like ultimately you have the ultimate power and the ultimate control when somebody is giving you criticism mm-hmm. like you sometimes we feel on and it's because we take it so personally you know we're so personally attached to our works that you know anything we just like take as as you know some sort of a a statement on who we are it's like but if we look at it from a way of being like okay this challenge will will tell me where i stand do i it's like is this something where i can i can actually improve upon or does this actually show me where where i am you know, and what I think is important because it will, it can do both. And you get the, the beauty is that you get to pick and choose, mm-hmm. you know, listen to everything that you hear. Yeah. Listen to it. But ultimately you're the one who gets to say yes or no. Yeah. And to I, all of it, it comes back down. I think in all of this all comes right back down to, you know, being, being your own leader, like making your own decisions for yourself, like, uh, whether you're, you know, I think that's why you got to start to, you know, you read your script, you, you write it and you keep it to yourself at first and you read it and you decide, do I like it or not? Um, why do I like it? Why don't I like it? Regardless of whatever the answer is, then you can take that and you can test that against the world. But you know, your initial opinion, it, it's not that it's not valid. It just might not, you just might not be very aware yet. But I think that you know, if we all want to be great artists, if that's the goal here, is that awareness is our best friend. We, the more awareness we have, the more options we have to make better choices. Yes. If we want to keep ourselves ignorant, we're probably not going to be very good artists. So I think that, you know, great artists are people who are courageous. They're willing to, you know, they're willing to do two things. They're willing to trust themselves and not be totally swayed by everyone else's opinion and not put so much weight on everyone else's opinion that they don't value their own. And secondly, they're willing to take their art and their work or whatever it might be and put it out in the world and face the world. Um, And remember while they do that where their initial voice was and be willing to admit where their initial voice might need improvement or to kind of decide when, no, I actually, I'm going to stand by this. I believe that this is something that's important. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like you've just like, <laughs> like provided a beautiful synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate that. Um, are we, so uh, I think we're probably, so like in terms of, would you say that's what you've, you've learned from today or, yeah. or like what's sort of your lesson of the day? Hmm. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess my lesson of the day is, uh, that, you know, well, I think that don't, 
don't take things personally. Whether it's your feedback, whether it's positive or negative, it's not nothing to do with you. You're not a good person because your script's great. You're not a bad person because your script sucks or your performance <laughs> sucks or whatever. It has nothing to do with you. That was a, that was just something you created and you put out in the world. It was an expression of some of your creativity. And I think that when my mentor said this to me, he said, you know, Brandon, you're, you're infinitely creative. You'll, this is one of the many things that you will create. We we're talking about a project I was having a struggle with. And I thought, yeah, that's true. I am the creator. You know, I created the thing. It does not exist without me. And yeah. so when you think about that, if I create a project and it doesn't do well and it bombs, it, it doesn't, that just means I created something that bombs. It doesn't mean that I bomb because I have infinite other creations I can do to make up for it. My, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so all I have to do is learn. So I think that use all feedback to learn um, and, and consider your circle so that, you know, you can kind of keep a positive, you know, outlook about yeah. stuff and really, you know, learn in the process to start to trust your voice and make decisions about you know, where you're going to get feedback and how you're going to get it and how you're going to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Your thoughts? My thoughts are, yeah, I mean, I'm going to echo some of these things where it's just, um, you know, it, you know, Im, learn to embrace criticism um, and understand where the criticism is coming from. And yeah, again, know that it has nothing to do with your worth at all. Like, and, and I loved what you were saying there because yeah, creativity is infinite. It's just one thing. And, you know, even, even, you know, some of the most accomplished masters of their fields, they, they come up against things that just don't work too. Mm -hmm. Like this is, it, it isn't a science. That's the thing. Like this is not a science. We, it's, there's no definites. There's no certainties in what we do. Mm -hmm. The important thing is, is that you are doing something that means something to you and then you're able to receive that criticism as a gift, as a gift to you in terms of opening up your own creativity and, and making yourself better in the craft of what you're doing. Yeah. Well, I think that's what it's all about at the end of the day is make, you know, this is all about making ourselves better. And I think even, even when we go into a situation where we're getting feedback is, is we can consider, maybe let's just always go into it from the place of like, I'm only doing this to make things better, to make me better. Yeah. Whether you get negative or positive or whatever, at the end of the day, what's the goal? In some way, this is going to help me be better. Period. Yeah. That's all that matters. Wherever you're at is kind of irrelevant. You're going to be better. Yeah. That's great. And in the end, you're the one who decides how you take the criticism. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody else. They just, they, they'll say what they say, but in the end, you decide how you want to, how you want to receive it. Yeah. And also be aware of how you give it. Yes. How you give criticism. That's another important thing. Like, uh, you know, I, if I'm going to make any really strong statement, which you know we've already done is don't, don't just be a hater. No. Please don't just be a hater. Yeah. You know, like, have, like there's, there's a, a respect that I feel like, you know, it would be, you need to show. Well, you know, it's important to show. You don't have to, you know, but don't just add to the, don't, don't just add to the, 
the craziness that's out there. Well, here's a, here's one personal reason that I think that people might consider not being haters is that in my experience, and I've been doing this for you know a decade and a half, the people who hate hate on stuff don't. The people who hate don't create, you know, and that's almost consistent across yeah. the board. And the reason I believe, based on everything I've learned, is people who hate don't create because the problem is is that their hate becomes the very thing they say to themselves when they're about to create. So their pressure to create becomes they have to do something perfect because they never want to face the criticism they have been given. So if you are less of a hater, you'll be more creative because you'll make it easier on yourself to be able to make mistakes. And that's what we need. If we're going to create, we need to be able to make mistakes. If you have to be perfect, you'll create nothing. Yeah. So if you want to create, don't hate. And if you don't want to create, well, be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and, and with that, we end, I guess. <laughs> yeah, why not? You know, why not? <laughs> okay, well, right. it's a good chat. And uh, tune in next time. Next time. That was our show for today. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of this. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Or you can learn more and message us at www.thebndpodcast.com. Oh, and make sure to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes. That will really help us out a lot. It definitely will. Thanks.